And now this from the Main Street Radio Show on Prairie Public. I'm Doug Hamilton. Bill and Dina Butcher gave much to their adopted state of North Dakota and to Prairie Public as longtime friends and supporters. Dina served under Governors John Hoven and Ed Schaefer and recently led the North Dakotans for Public Integrity to create an ethics commission for the state. Bill was a Navy man who later rose through the ranks of the FBI. Bill passed away Friday at age 79. In an excerpt from a visit to the StoryCorps mobile booth in July 2018, Bill talks with his daughter, Marnie Peel, about his love of sailing and other adventures, including working as an FBI agent in Minot in the 1960s. Minot was the uh, most famous red-light district in the whole region. They used to say that no red-blooded American man could go on the train from Chicago to uh, Seattle without stopping at least one night in Minot. In 1963, it's a really an interesting thing, the the Junior Chamber of Commerce, the JCs in Minot, published a booklet entitled Why Minot? And that's as opposed to the Why Not Minot theme that they use there. And what it does is it's in three sections. The first section shows the records, the arrest records and the photographs of all the places on 3rd Street in Minot where the hookers worked and named the pimps and the hookers and showed their arrest records. Oh my the middle section are interviews with hookers talking about how much per trick and who they worked for and who they worked with. In 1963. Yeah. The last section are interviews with state officials from the governor on down, including the sheriff, I might add, who was interesting because he was shocked to find out that there was actually prostitution going on in his city. <laughs> the hookers would, would, or the prostitutes, would arrive at the train depot that was down at the bottom of the hill downtown. Third Street was where all the houses of ill repute were located, and there was the only one thing in between them, and that was Stern's Motors, which is now Ikeating Furniture. And I have toured the tunnel where the hookers, and before that, during Prohibition, the booze, were transported underneath Stern's Motors, train would arrive at night, they'd go up through the tunnel, go to 3rd Street. When they left, they went through the tunnel and got back on the train and got out of there. One of my favorite stories is Ray Dobson was the editor of the Minot Daily News, and he said a lot of the downtown businessmen used to go to 3rd Street for lunch. And so they'd go into the house of ill repute, sit in the kitchen, they'd play gin rummy, and they'd have a pot of soup on, and they'd eat soup. The federal government had a raid. It was right after that booklet was written. Judge Register is the only federal judge I've ever known that actually directed personally a raid from the street in front of where they were raiding. And Deputy Marshal Bill Clayson, who was well-known in Bismarck and Minot, led the, the charge, so to speak. And so one of the businessmen was going back to work. He went out the front, and he saw that there were federal officers all over there. He says, it's a raid. The feds are out there. And so somebody else made a break for the back door, and he came back in and said, there's feds out and back, too. And so the editor of the Minot Daily News said, wait a minute, I'm with the news. I shouldn't be making the news. I'm supposed to report the news. That was back in the snap brim hat days. And he took a uh, strip of where you keep tra keep score for gin rummy, turned it over, used the golf pencil that they kept score with, and in big block letters put press on it, 
put it in the snap brim hat under the band. And when the feds came in, he said, I'm from the news and I got a tip. (laughs) (laughs) I like your stories because they're like the stories that I tell to my children. Like, I believe them, but I believe that they're better because you tell them. So there's truth in there. It's all in the telling. It's all in the telling. They make fun of me. My whole family makes fun of me. I say, I'm my father's daughter. We tell stories. That's what we do. Okay, so that's one way to find adventure in North Dakota is the early 60s in Minot. But I want to talk about Lake Sakakawea and what a treasure it is. Well, I've sailed a lot of places all around the United States and in Europe. And I can honestly say that the Lake Sakakawea is the best sailing lake I've ever been on, and it's wonderful. 178 miles long, more shoreline than the state of California, bays everywhere, very few cottages, and uh, it's wonderful. The water is really pure. The winds are steady. You can drink that water. It's wonderful to swim in. And the bays are spectacular. So uh, we love to spend a weekend or sometimes 10 days uh, just cruising on Lake Sakakawea. And it's so isolated. There's nothing there. It's just amazing. It's a paradise on earth. It is. It really is. And it's because it's you know flooded in the Badlands. So all those gullies yeah. and valleys of Badlands are all these great narrow protected bays yeah. so you can ride out a storm, which you've ridden out plenty of storms. I had a guy call me once as a private investigator and he he said, uh, you, you may not remember me, but you ran aground on your sailboat up at Lake Sakakawea once and I had my big powerboat up there and he says, I helped pull you off. He says, do you remember, remember that at all? And I said, you know, you could be one in a hundred people. <laughs> we were out with a friend and his daughter. I never wear a life jacket on the boat. Had dinner with some friends at anchor on the other side of the lake, and we were headed back. And I knew there was a storm brewing up north, but I had no idea it was moving nearly as fast as it was. And we came back, and all of a sudden, at about 7 o'clock at night, which is early in North Dakota, it turned pitch black purple black and the wind was over 100 miles an hour and we were out there and so we put up just a really just a just a handkerchief of a head sail and just headed down the lake with the wind because there was really no alternative i couldn't see the other shore and i couldn't see the bay and so we just kept going and going and going the wind was blowing so hard that the the bow of the boat was just inches above the water and the stern a lot of times, even going with the wind, this, the rudder at the stern was out of the water. Oh. And we, we were so concerned that it was it was really important to keep it going straight downwind because if you went sideways at all on either side, you're going to broach, which means you'd go flat on your side. And, then and that, the wave would come. And the wave would come and, and you'd be swamped. Yep. And that was not good. Uh, so we just kept going and going and going. And happily, it's a really big lake, long lake. And uh, we ended up in the middle of the night, about 3 o'clock. The winds went down to about 30 miles an hour, and it was pitch black. But we found a place, pulled in and uh, dropped anchor. And then the next day, apparently it brought out every black fly known to man in all of North Dakota. I was steering the boat. The daughter of the fellow who was with us, she was there with a fly swatter just swatting. We got to the dock, and your mother was so mad at me that I had let us get into that situation. And uh, we got down there, and she just was hardly speaking to me all the way back. 
we got to the dock and got off the boat and and she says I've never been so mad at you in my life and then she gave me a hug and she said thank you for saving our lives <laughs> one of my favorite ones was we were coming back I think it was over 4th of July <laughs> we were coming back and it was pretty stiff wind probably 20 miles an hour or something like that and but going into the marina at Fort Stevenson is, there's lots of angles and mm-hmm. it's it's you got to really know what you're doing and yep. do it and not make any mistakes. And so I was coming in, the engine had quit, and I called into the marina, and I, there were a lot of, it's 4th of July, so there were a lot of people down there. And I and uh, I said, this is Gypsy. Uh, we uh, Our engine's out. They said, do you want somebody to come out and give you a tow? And I said, no, I think I can do this. So we went flying back, and there were a lot of fishermen out there, and we went just flying by them all through the breakwater. It was exciting, and docks of boats on either side and it was fairly narrow and tacked again and went right down the middle and I'm we're moving pretty fast and uh, there's I saw all these skippers all these sailors were all standing on the dock watching ostensibly there to help us and uh, <laughs> and uh, so I got to where our slip was and I turned and it pointed right into the wind and I stopped it on a dime everybody's standing there and they did help me tie down the boat but then I noticed that all the skippers were passing money back and forth. I said, what's going on? They were all taking bets on whether we'd make it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it that mom stopped sailing until you brought a full-time engineer and a full-time doctor on board? She wasn't coming back again. <laughs> well, her other reason was that she said the 40 years of sailing with the same man was enough for any woman. That was the late Bill Butcher talking with his daughter Marnie Peel at the StoryCorps mobile recording booth last July during its month-long stay in Bismarck. Bill Butcher died Friday. A memorial service will be held at 5 p.m. Thursday at the Elks Lodge in Bismarck. His ashes will be spread on the waters of Lake Sakakawea.